before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John and... Oh my gosh, I am so grateful to have the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you today. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to share a quote that I saw that recently really stood out to me because I'm very much a creative thinker. I find that the morning times when I'm just waking up, my creative juices are flowing at maximum speed. And this quote really jumped out to me. It says, if you're one of those people who has that little voice in the back of her mind saying, maybe I could do fill in the blank. Okay. You're going to fill in your own blank. Don't tell that voice to be quiet. Give it a little room to grow and try to find an environment it can grow in. And that advice comes to us from award-winning actress, Reese Witherspoon. Don't you love that? If you have an idea, marinate on it. Find a time in the day when you are at your most creative state and just grab a pen and paper and start jotting down ideas. Let those ideas soak. And my friends, you never know what opportunities are in front of you. Such great advice. Okay. Now today, We are sitting down with Sarah Orchard, and we are talking all things marketing strategy. Now, just like me, Sarah is an ex-corporate girl who's applying her business background to her own short-term rental business. I know you're going to love everything she has to share. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Sarah. So today we are here with Sarah Orchard. Sarah, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. And before we dive in, just thanks so much for being with us. Oh, Stacey, thank you so much for inviting me on. I can't wait to get chatting with you. First, let me ask, I'm sure people are already going, wow, she has a cool accent. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are located in the world. Thank you. Yes, people can probably guess from my accent that I'm based in the UK. I live in Gloucestershire, which is just up from Bristol on the southwest coast of of England. I run two businesses. I have a holiday let business, which is a luxury treehouse. And I also run a, a marketing company, which trains fellow hosts, which is called Get Fully Booked. I love it. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today is how hosts can leverage marketing to get fully booked. I love that. Before we get into some of those marketing questions, 
I love that you have a tree house. Tell us a little bit about how you acquired this tree house and how you got into the world of short-term rentals. Wow, big question. Well, my husband and I had traditional corporate jobs. Uh, we had done that since leaving college. Um, I worked for 16 years in the corporate world. We went traveling around the world in 2004. We did a big trip. We went away for six and a half months. We quit our jobs. We rented our house out. Everyone thought we were a little bit mad at the age of sort of 35, having a bit of a, I suppose, regressing to being like a 20-year-old and wanting to go traveling. And we traveled predominantly around Asia, Australia, New Zealand, and the US as well in Canada. We stayed in some really quirky backpacking places. Now, obviously glamping as it's known today about staying in unusual like off-grid accommodation wasn't really the thing back in 2004. So we stayed in our first treehouse. We stayed in a church that had been like moved from a village and put by a river in New Zealand funnily enough, called Ross, which is right next to a Ross where we live. So maybe there was a little bit of <laughs> kismet there in terms of telling us a sign. And they'd like quirky showers made out of wriggly tin, you know, like the corrugated steel and like tree trunks for worktops. And I just loved the styling and the quirkiness of it all. And it was a sheep farmer that was running this backpackers. So like I so said, we stayed in our first treehouse in Salt Spring Island in Canada. And then we came back to the UK back to our corporate jobs and we we had itchy feet a little bit and my husband wasn't happy in his job and we thought maybe we'll move to New Zealand and we'll set up a backpacking place because they're really cool and we love New Zealand but we thought it's a long way away and we had you know family and friends and Adrian's mum was a little you know was suffering with a serious health condition so we decided to stay put in the UK and then we started looking for somewhere to maybe create this sort of backpackers type place but in the UK so our house hunting started and then we we literally fell in love with this area and we came on holiday in 2014 and we loved it I was brought up in Scotland actually and it reminds me a bit of Scotland because it's quite it's a river valley and it's quite wooded and the scenery is quite dramatic and we're right next door to Wales so yeah we we literally decided to move it took us two and a half years to find a house we looked at 23 houses uh over 10 visits got a couple of speeding tickets for driving too fast from where we were living and then we we bought the house and which we actually found via a tv show so people who watch bbc tv's escape to the country which i know airs globally we've had viewers from the us viewers from australia and new zealand who've said you did build your tree house that you talked about so they helped us find the house and then we started building our dream tree house and we opened it in uh, 14th of february 2020 just before the pandemic struck the uk oh my goodness gracious so this was such a long time in the making and then you literally launched it right before COVID hit yeah five weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be a completely separate podcast episode. I can only imagine everything that was going through your mind at the time. <laughs> yeah, we had no money left and we were a bit like, help. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure maybe your marketing expertise came into play. I'm guessing before you got into the world of short-term rentals, you mentioned you were in the corporate world in a marketing role. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel like that past life working for large organizations in a marketing capacity has helped you 
in your short-term rental life or holiday let life, as you might call it? Yeah, it's definitely helped. I mean, I, I worked for some big travel brands. So I worked for Avis Car Rental. I worked with Virgin Atlantic Airways. I worked for Keone, the tour operator. So I, a really good corporate grounding. I think there's quite a few things it teaches you. When you work in a very big corporate, you have very big budgets. Like my budget was 6 million euros. So it's massive budget compared to marketing budgets that my clients have and that I have for the, the treehouse business. But it teaches you that commercial discipline of mm -hmm. understanding about your marketing strategy and what you're trying to achieve and making good investments to get and measuring stuff. So you've got to, you know, in a corporate world, you can't just go and spend money and then just go, well, I'm not sure if it worked, you know, because that doesn't stack up in the boardroom. They want to know exactly, you know, the C-suite wants to know exactly how much return on their investment they've had and what you've spent it on and what the, and it has to be quite a short-term return as well, because these companies need to report that they're making, you know, financial progress. So. That was a really good grounding in terms of understanding the impact of your marketing actions and the results that it generates. And obviously, I learned all my sort of strategic marketing planning skills because you have to submit annual marketing plans and put budget projections together and all of those lovely things, which teaches you that discipline of actually having a marketing strategy and plan and not just winging it because you don't get away with winging it in the corporate world. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to you. I would imagine that people might be listening going, okay, great, strategic marketing planning, that sounds fabulous. How on earth do I do that? If, if someone has never been trained formally, if someone has never had experience in the corporate world in a marketing role, how would you describe the best strategy forward for them so that they can build a strategic marketing plan? That's a great question. Well, funny enough, I've de developed my own seven-step marketing system, which I call the Customer Delight Marketing Blueprint. But it takes you through basically the seven key steps that I think you need to have in your marketing plan. So it starts with understanding who your customers are, who your ideal guests are. You need to look at how you engage them through your um, messaging. Then the marketing tactics that you're going to use, you need to then set some, some goals. What are you trying to achieve by when? And then you obviously need to put a timing plan together, which is your sort of marketing plan. So you take all your tactics and you work out, okay, I'm going to do these activities at this time. And obviously with holiday business, often there's seasonality to that in terms of when is best to do certain marketing activities. And then obviously it's like a bit of a closed loop. You have to measure your what's worked, what hasn't worked, who are your most loyal customers, and then you sort of go around the circle again. So there, there is a definite systematic sort of process. and. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in why, why I created my own system is that people make marketing, I think, more complicated than it needs to be. So I've tried to create a system that is like a step-by-step -step process that's very easy to follow so that any business owner and short-term holiday rental owner can basically learn the steps. And I think the people that have been through my programs and when I teach this is it suddenly all like clicks into place why they're doing things for their business so they're often doing the marketing but not understanding why they were doing it it's just like i've got to do marketing to your point about questions mm -hmm. around marketing versus advertising it's it's people just feel like they need to do some stuff yeah. <laughs> so, th so they just go out and do stuff but they don't always do the right stuff in the right order and that's what a marketing plan gives you really is that is that sequence of when you need to do what depending on where your audience is and what awareness they have of your business 
and what you know obviously you know past guests um, require different marketing activity than those that have never heard of you before and you're trying to attract them into your business so it depends really where you are as a business and what you need to you know and every business is slightly different in terms of, of where they are yeah absolutely I'm also curious you know, you talked about the difference between marketing and advertising. And for our listeners, that was one of the questions I had shared with Sarah prior to pushing record that I really want to delve into because I feel like there are so many folks that have a sense that marketing is the same thing as advertising. And so they utilize the terms interchangeably. They might think about social media marketing, but they might be doing direct response advertising on social media. So Sarah, how would you describe the difference between marketing and advertising? Let's start there. Another big question. <laughs> For me, advertising is just one of the tactics that you have access to as part of your marketing strategy. So like you say, people often use the terms interchangeably. Advertising is generally paid for placement of your message in a in a medium whether that's a social media ad or you've placed it in your local you know newspaper or magazine or on a radio station it is placed paid advertising but of course we've got lots of other options in terms of everything from our website and our search engine optimization email marketing we can do pr we can do partnerships. There are so many different marketing tactics. And again, as I said, they they work better at certain points along the customer journey, depending on where your guests are in their relationship with you as a business. So advertising for me, like you say, is, is one of those terms that people just tend to interchange them. But actually advertising is just one of the little tools in our toolkit that we have as, as when we're marketing our businesses. I love that. I love the fact that when you think about advertising as being a tool in your toolbox, I feel like it kind of opens up more creative thinking. I feel like there's a lot of folks who, when they learn all the tactics available to them, they're going to get much further faster. So Sarah, you mentioned search engine optimization and website. I'm curious, from your perspective, how important is that for someone who is looking to drive direct bookings in their business? For me, it is the most important tool in that toolkit. And actually, advertising is the one that I go to last. So when I'm writing a marketing strategy for a client or I'm discussing options with um, people in my group program, it's always like, for me, it would always be like advertising would be like the last resort. I mean, Facebook ads and Instagram ads can be very effective, but it's like that is your last option. Paid placement. I would always look at using your, for me, the website is your biggest investment. Mm -hmm. It's the most valuable. And most businesses should be able to achieve at least 50% organic search traffic from Google without actually, and you don't pay for that. So that's not doing AdWords and PPC. That's just making sure that when people are searching for what you do, that you've got the best opportunity to be visible in front of them, because that is fishing where the fish are. You know, that's the, the best thing to be doing as, in terms of your marketing. And 
yeah, I mean, optimizing the website. And actually, I've, I've done over the last year, I've done 65 website audits, which I do as a paid service. And every single website without fail, their search engine optimization, on-site search engine optimization was very weak in that that's the bit that doesn't get done by your web developer because that's not their specialism. And most, you know, short-term holiday-let business owners, they they don't know how to do it. So mm-hmm. it gets missed as an opportunity. And it means you're missing out on all that free traffic. I mean, we we get 65 to 80,000 visits a year to our Treehouse business website. And 40% of those and more, we don't pay for their organic search traffic. So, um, yeah. Amazing. So when you say, again, for any listener who might be listening and thinking, okay, that all sounds amazing, but I don't even know what on-site search engine optimization is. How would you describe that? Okay. For me, it's like signposting all of your pages to Google. So there's this thing called metadata, which sounds really technical, but it's what sits in the back end of your website. There's a couple of fields, one called the page title field and one called the page description, that Google, being a computer algorithm you know it can't see your website it can't digest all the information like a human maybe with ai it will things will get better but it it needs signposts so what you do is you you have to describe what your business does but using the search terms which we refer to as keywords that your audience are using to search so an example might be luxury couples treehouse near Wales, you know, if my if my guests were searching, or they might be looking for a honeymoon spot. So they might be looking for a honeymoon treehouse, England, you know, and that's the, they weren't necessarily, I mean, we do get a lot of brand keyword searches, which was when they type in our business name, because we've been on television, and they sort of know us, potentially. But we get a lot of people who are just searching for inspiration. So they're just going to put generic, non-brand keywords, terms into the search engine they're going to put that you know honeymoon Mm -hmm. treehouse for two rather than Huddnell's hideout so you know we need to make sure we're as visible as possible when those people are searching and that we come up on that page one list uh, on google rather than anyone else right and i'm you know wondering too if people might be thinking okay that all sounds great but how do i actually do that how do i actually change my meta descriptions and my page titles without getting too far in the weeds. Give us a very high level (laughs) overview and I I will definitely have you share your contact information at the end of this interview so folks can get a hold of you for additional resources. But from a very high level perspective, how can folks actually update their page titles and meta descriptions? Well, I have a complete hack for them, which is really good. If you've got a WordPress-based website, there's good news. Um, You can buy, well, you can get for free a plugin, which is called Yoast SEO. And you literally install that for free on your website, or you ask your web developer to do it for you, or a technical friend who knows how to do it. And then literally, you get a little box with the page title and the meta description, and it shows up on every page of your website or on your blog post as well. And you literally just type in what you want your page title to be and what you want your page description to be. And it does all the rest for you. Love it. Super easy. Yes. So Yoast is Y-O-A-S-T, correct? That's correct. 
I love the hacks. I love the hacks. Okay, so we've talked about search engine optimization on site. How would you describe off site search engine optimization? That's a good question as well. So, obviously, on site you have control of because you can change all your metadata. Off site is inbound links to your website. And they are really important because Google loves them if they're good quality. So if you've got links from social media sites, if you're listed on maybe like a local area directory or community page, if you get featured in a, a press article, so like we've been in the Sunday Times newspaper here in the UK, obviously when they write an article, they leave a, a, a link, an article with a link back to our business, that's called a backlink. And that helps you with your offsite search engine optimization. So that basically brings, if you imagine it's just about bringing traffic in from those external sources and they're quite hard to build. There's no, I'm afraid there's no hack on the, on the backlinks. You have to work quite hard at those. But I think if you can get your on-site done well, that you're like sort of 80% of the way there because some of the organic sort of backlinks and the offsite will happen naturally as you go out doing your marketing. Maybe you get picked up, like I said, by the media um, you might get featured in a blog post by another, maybe an influencer stays and they and they write a review and they put that on their on their blog. That's an inbound link and that's obviously very valuable. So mm -hmm. they're that. that happen naturally. Fabulous. I'm curious from a level of importance, how would you rate Google reviews in the overall marketing strategy for someone looking to increase traffic to their website? That's a great question. And yeah, they're really important because again, Google will look at your on-site SEO, your metadata. It also looks at how often you update your website. So don't let your website sit there like a dusty old uh, cobweb that you don't ever go back to once you've created it. And it definitely loves reviews so that does affect the page what we call page ranking so that's just where you appear in the search results and the more reviews that you have the better and it's also things like having a mobile responsive website that also goes in your favor which i think most people have these days and a secure website the https that all gets looked at by google and its complex algorithm works out you know where you should sit in the results so it's important to get those sort of housekeeping things you know, in order as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I want to ask you a question. I know we talked about marketing strategy and website. I'm curious to get your perspective on how much focus someone should give to proactively marketing their property. I think a lot of folks assume, as we've spoken about, if you build it, they will come. And so they post their property, maybe they create a website, and then they sit back and they're waiting for the bookings to roll in. And oftentimes they're disappointed in the fact that they're not getting the bookings that they really want or need. So I'm curious to get your perspective on how important it is it for someone to be proactively marketing their property on an ongoing basis? It's vital. Just as you quite correctly said, Stacey, you know, if we build it and we think they'll come, that's not the case. We'll end up with 
like I always describe, like your website will be like a pretty empty parking lot. You know, no no one comes to visit it except you. So you need to drive traffic to it. And that's obviously for me, that's where things like obviously social media and that could be both, you know, just organic posting, but also paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram. You've got things like listing sites. So it's it's email marketing. Also, we haven't touched on, but one of the key things I did when we were launching the hideout, the treehouse, was that I, as soon as we broke ground and started building, I created a social media presence, sort of documented a little bit of our journey, but tried to keep it a little bit secret so that they got excited about what was coming. And I started an email list. So I basically incentivized people to sign up. So by the time we were ready to launch, it wasn't a huge number, but bearing in mind we only have one unit. So we had 500 people on our list and we literally went out with a launch offer and we sold 50 stays in 19 days. Amazing. Because they they were interested. You know, it was like they were warm. I always think about think of your audience from sort of cold, you know, to warm. And they were sort of, you know, they were lukewarm to hot you know they they had shown an interest that they wanted to find out about this treehouse that was coming and we put a launch offer out Mm -hmm. and you know we got a massive uptake because we'd already got that list where so many business owners I I talked to and holiday let owners and they've built it and then they come to me like a week before and go we're ready to open what do we need to do (laughs) it's quite late in the day to be like thinking about it because like I started my list nine months before you know eight nine months before we opened I have achieved for clients when they've come to me with like a month we've managed to you know get a thousand people on their email list with a promotion a competition giveaway but it's hard work and it's a bit of a gamble so if you can start your marketing as early as possible and then it is a continuous activity it's not you do it feast and famine, you do it once, and then you think, I've done that. A bit like your website, I've done it. I can just ignore it now and hope it all comes flowing in. It really yeah. should be a discipline that you work on your, I always say, at least an hour and a half every single week, minimum. Ideally, two lots of an hour and a half. If you can time block that time and just work on your business, not in it, doing changeovers and you know greeting guests and but actually working on your marketing, that makes a huge difference. And if you just, you know, marketing is like a tap. You you can't just turn it on and expect the results. You have to just keep it dripping so that it fills the bucket. And it, it's like a constant process rather than just so many owners, it's sort of feast and famine. When they get five minutes, they do it. And then they think, I want results. And it's like it doesn't right. happen that quickly. So right. you've got to keep right. on it. I love that. And also you mentioned social media. I'm curious, again, from your perspective and vantage point, how important is social media to incorporate into an overall marketing plan these days? And are there certain platforms that you feel like are stronger for short-term rental owners to be utilizing in their marketing plans? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, short-term rental owners, I think it depends on who your ideal guests are. So, for example, our business, we have sort of two distinct audiences. Uh, We have the 30-something millennials, you know, young couples, and they tend to be much more on Instagram and a little bit on TikTok. Then we have an older profile who are sort of 45 to 65 who are often coming for big birthdays and uh, big wedding anniversaries. And they are not on TikTok. 
they are on a little bit on Instagram, but a lot on Facebook, a lot on Google search and traditional media, like they've picked us up from television and media articles and review stays that we've had with like the mainstream press. So they're very different. So I think that's why for me, one of the first steps is knowing who your audience is. Because again, the fish where the fish are, you need to, you know, I can't say blanket, like go on TikTok or go on Instagram because it will depend who you're trying to attract. So make sure you ask your past guests how they heard about you and how they found you because that will your start or your booking system should our mind captures that and it says you know how did you find us and they fill it in so they tell me whether they found me on TikTok I've had one on TikTok so far <laughs> and they weren't ideal guests they didn't behave themselves very well so we Good won't be trying to go for more of them um, a, bit, a bit like you know certain booking platforms can bring the wrong type of guests you know in terms of like damage and maybe not the type of guests that you want staying so yeah, I, I think it very much depends on, on your audience. I think it's a great tool for brand awareness. So it's like the first step of the journey. So you have to get in front of them and make them aware of who you are and what you offer. And then quite quickly, I try and transition to getting them onto my email list, obviously getting them off social onto my website so that my website can do the job of selling the experience and mm -hmm. capturing them because mm -hmm. then they are going from that cold lead, you know, that cold prospect through to being slightly warmer and being a potential guest that I can then convert to, to stay. So I think social media is really important, but I think we can get very consumed by it and end up spending all of those three hours a week we might have to spend on marketing, just spending that whole time on social media. Right. And that's not always the best use of our time because it it's quite hard to to generate all of your bookings from sure. just from being on social and posting away and doing reels. And, and from <laughs> exactly, I'm curious. You've mentioned a couple of times about building your email list or getting them from social over to your website so that your website can do the heavy lifting for you. What are some strategies to do that if someone's listening and wondering again, okay, that sounds fabulous, but how do I actually do this? What are some of your favorite ways to build your email lists or get folks from social media over to your website? I think the key thing is making sure that you don't give everything away on social. And that's one of my top tips because people tend to, you know, short-term rental owners tend to put all of their offers out on social. They put everything almost out into their shop window. So then there's no incentive for the audience to come to your website. You're almost telling them everything there and they go, okay, I've seen that. I'm going somewhere else, you know? So if you can get them to the website, I think that does a better job of selling than you can ever do on the social platforms because you can't control that and you can't present yourself in a way that you want to because you're controlled by the formats and the algorithms in terms of your visibility. So I like to run, there's a few things. I like to use giveaways potentially to grow my list. I also like to tell my subscribers that if they come onto my list, they're going to get things first. So they're going to get a chance of availability first. They're going to get offers first. They're not going to have to wait for the masses to see it. I think you have to give people a, a compelling reason for them to want to get onto that list. So that if you're just going to put everything out onto social, they don't have to go onto your email list. So if you can do special offers, if you can do advanced, you know, booking windows so that they get in there first, so they get the best choice of dates, 
they can pick that that holiday weekend that they want or for a special birthday and like i said giveaways can work really well to, to get people to sign up and even just posting on your social that you're about to send out an email campaign and it's got a cracking offer in it makes people want to get i want to get on that list because i want to be the first to hit to get that rather than you know it's like a pre-sale isn't it it's like getting that advantage over everyone else but if you put it all out in the shop window which is social they're not going to do that so that would be one of my top tips i think i i'm very much i treat my email subscribers as my vips so they get all of the calendar opening first they get chances to book cancellations first any late availability any offers i gave them a discount on booking for next year to my past guests they get they do feel like they're valued and that they're getting that advance you know in a, ahead of everyone else to to take advantage of of you know maybe booking in with us so i think yeah don't put it all out in the social media shop window what a great piece of advice great piece of advice okay i have so many questions in my mind <laughs> what are what are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing people make one of those you just mentioned is people just putting everything out in social media and not generating that curiosity uh, to drive people to their website. What are other mistakes that you see people make that could be hurting them from building a brand or building direct bookings that can really help their brand? Yeah, I think the sort of two or three key things is not investing in your website, not updating it, not investing in good quality photography that sells the experience because that's all about that branded guest experience. I mean, we invested a lot of time and energy. It took me forever to sign off our brand identity and you know our sort of tone of voice and our messaging. Marketers are always the worst people. It's a bit like you know plumbers with leaking faucets, you know, and taps. <laughs> it's like we're terrible. It was so hard. It's always so hard when it's your own business. I find it much easier to advise other people's businesses because you're not emotionally involved, but yeah. you want them to be successful. But it's it's not the emotion that you have with your own business, which is always hard. So I I definitely think that you know not spending you know spending probably the lion's share of your time on making your website as good as it can be rather than spending all that time on social media is is a massive you know marketing win and particularly because we've talked about things like search engine optimization and making sure that that is like you said doing some of the heavy lifting you know it's like you don't know when people are planning a vacation yeah. so you just need to make sure that you're as visible as possible and we all spend so much time on particularly the meta platforms and now obviously TikTok as well and we don't own them so they could disappear tomorrow. And as the analogy always goes, you're building your, you know, your home on someone else's land. And we we just take it for granted that, you know, people get their accounts blocked or hacked. You know, I had some people, uh, some clients that were trying to do some advertising for themselves and, and it wasn't going as they planned. And, you know, so you're under the control of, of, of a third party who can change their mind at the drop of a hat of what direction their business is going. Look at what's happening with Twitter, which is now obviously X. It's like, you know, these things change and we, we don't we don't have any control over it. So definitely invest in what I always call your own marketing machine. So it's creating that marketing capability, which is your website and your email list, for me, are the two strongest marketing tactics that you should be focusing in on and spending the lion's share of your time thinking, how do I grow my website traffic and how do I grow my email list so that I can talk to them 
exactly when I want to without having to pay for advertising or being you know held to ransom by the algorithm and going mad with trying to work out reels and how to make them work (laughs) (laughs) very good very good very good all right one more question if someone were looking to increase their direct bookings if they had an empty calendar that they needed to fill as quickly as possible what would you say to them as far as what is one of your favorite ninja secrets to actually make that happen? My first protocol would always be to mail my list to try and get my previous bookers to stay again, because they are your easiest conversion. But if you haven't got a list, something that I was actually teaching last week, Facebook and Instagram ads are a very quick win. And you can Everyone always goes, oh, they're too expensive and they don't work. I had a, a member of who was on my training and she literally put out an advert uh, last week. She spent 20 sterling, so 20 pounds, and she got a 920 pound booking. Amazing. So, so literally she was sitting there with an empty calendar and thinking, I need to go out there and do some Facebook ads. And she put the ad out there and she's already got, I think it worked out like a 3000% return on her investment. So. <laughs> It works. It works. So fun. All right. So Facebook and Instagram after you email your list. Yeah, I would always start with my own marketing assets first. So I would try and leverage my list. And for me, then I would go and probably do some free posts with availability on social. And then if that's not really cutting the traction, then I'd go to the paid advertising. Got it. All right. Such good stuff, Sarah. I want to move to the lightning round, okay? And I'm going to ask you to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. I promise this will be painless. First question in the lightning round is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Oh, Kefalonia in the Greek islands. Oh, I've heard the Greek islands are gorgeous and I've never been. What is it about there that you love the most? The people, the food, the, I mean, it's just so relaxed. And yeah, turquoise seas, lovely beaches, very chilled. It's We've been to Kefalonia now, I think, five times. It's the only place we've ever been back to multiple times. So yeah, it's one of our favorites. Amazing. Okay. Now, what's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Uh, easy one, Costa Rica. Ooh, I've heard Costa Rica is beautiful. You want to go and stay in a treehouse, surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you end up going, let me know. I might have to come down and visit. Our bags. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in the world of short-term rentals? Oh, that's a really good question. Ah, How demanding guests can be. Oh, girl, yes. Yeah, yeah. that is the 24-7 thing. I think that they always expect you to be on the end of the phone, on the end of uh, a messenger or, you know, DM, uh, a text message. And, yeah, we're obviously we want to have a life as well. I remember we were at an event and we were in the car in a field, a, a, a sort of an agricultural show here in England, and I had a message from a guest and they were like, 
can I check the booking calendar? And it's just like, I'm in a field, I've got no Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they just expect you to be on call 24 seven. So that, that's, yeah. that's always tricky. So we try and use tech a little bit to help us with that. But, you know, messages that say that when the office is manned and, you know, mm-hmm. that we'll get back to them with a certain amount of time. But yeah, sort of managing those guest expectations and, yeah. and trying to juggle that. Absolutely. I mean, when I started out managing my own properties, I built a 24-7 concierge team. And mm-hmm. so I have someone on staff all the time, literally 24 hours a day. And that is a huge investment from a financial perspective in resources, but one that I believed was going to help differentiate us in our markets and be able to really set us apart as far as customer service. But I totally agree. I think that guests these days obviously appreciate the 24-7 service, but sometimes when you don't get that, they can maybe not be as understanding as we would want them to be. Okay, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I don't know, really. There's been so many. We were so lucky that people were so generous with their with their time. I suppose it's to, to also be firm because it's... Uh, particularly around reviews I remember having some concerns at the beginning if like customers weren't 100% happy that you worry the whole time about reviews and I remember another host telling me to not be held to ransom and to not let sort of customer service issues if you know if the guest is being unreasonable obviously if something hasn't you know been up to standard you've got to remedy that and apologize and and help them out with that but there are people who will try and take advantage. And I remember her saying to me, don't be held to ransom, stand up for what your business stands for and know that you know the, the customer isn't always right. Probably 90% of the time they're right, but don't, don't let them hold you to ransom. So yeah, that was good Very advice. Good. Very good. All right, last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? My husband, Adrian. He is my partner in creating this business and the lifestyle that we've created. He's always been an incredible support and very supportive of me, both with my marketing business and with what we've done with the with the hideout. Uh, he's my partner in crime. So very, very grateful to have him in my world for the last 30 years. So yeah, Aww. very grateful. <laughs> very good. Very, and I'm I'm just curious, how did you and Adrian meet? Uh, one of my girlfriends was dating his brother. And oh, we, we met. Yeah. So it was a, a very, we actually lived opposite each other, like three doors up from each other in the same street for a couple of years. And we never met each other. And then I moved away. And then we met through his brother dating one of my girlfriends. So I'll be turned. Yeah. Good double date, I'm sure. <laughs> Sarah, if folks want to learn more about your programs or the services that you offer, what is the best place for them to find you online? Come and find me on Instagram at, at getfullybooked. That's my handle um, on Instagram. And I also have a free Facebook group called the Hospitality Marketing Lounge. So that's a place for hosts to hang out and chat about all things marketing and getting direct bookings. So they'd be more than welcome to come and join my free group too. Sarah, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to a part two interview sometime. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it today. 
Now, before you go, I want to share a quick shout out to some amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just about 15 hours ago at the time of this recording, Andrea Moxham posted, our short-term rental is very close to trails for four-wheeling and snowmobiling. This is not my area of expertise in terms of creating content and marketing to these types of guests. Does anyone have or tip any tips or better yet, an off-roading friendly property? And Amy Hubbard answered, my biggest thing is parking. Do you have a driveway large enough to accommodate trucks and trailers? Guests also like storage for their ATVs, so garage space is helpful. Make it clear in your listing if they can ride from the property to the trails. If not, how far are the trails and is there parking? Get some blocks to prop up the trailers while parking to avoid damage to your driveway if it's paved. Partner with local shops that rent or repair ATVs and have some basic tools available. What great advice, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that is all for today's episode. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you very, very soon. Hey sister, thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.